0: Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello. Uh, this week, joined just by uh, Calvin. Nobody, No guests this week, Calvin. Just you and me to break down the beautiful <laughs> West Ham game that we had this past weekend and a couple games coming up. Uh, first off, though, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well under the circumstances, but just just a slight bit petrified. But, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Just a little bit petrified. It's getting to the point now where... The fixtures are scheduled, and uh, now we kind of know our fate and the, the road we have to take to get there. Um, but this weekend certainly didn't help us in any way. Um, obviously, Everton losing to West Ham 2-1. Uh, Aaron Cresswell with a 32nd-minute goal, um, followed by Mason Holgate in the 53rd minute, tying things up. But shortly after, Jared Bowen yep. uh, gets on the end of a rebound and puts that one in the back of the net, and it's 2-1. And then shortly after that, Michael Keane gets a red card. And, uh, you know, there were chances for Everton, yeah. but um, not anything that found the back of the net. And, unfortunately, Everton lose another one. Um, let's start off with the lineup today. Or, uh, yeah, the other day they went with a, uh, a what looked like a 4-3-3 um, with Mike yeah. Lanko, Godfrey, Keane, and Kenny across the back line. Uh, Awobi, Holgate, and Decoré in the middle and then Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Gray up top. Um, Obviously, we know now uh, the news about Patterson, but uh, then we just knew that he was injured. Uh, He was expected to make his debut in this game. Lampard said that multiple times at this point now, but um, of course the injury held him out, as well as Donny Vandenbeek holding him out due to an injury he picked up in the training before the the warm-up. and uh, so, a little bit different of a lineup than we're used to. Calvin, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, all that all that moaning and groaning we've been doing for a while about getting three in midfield, I think, finally got in, right? And it's interesting because just last week as we sat here talking about what has Frank Lampard learned over, you know, over his first two months and, you know, is he going to use the international break to actually make some changes – Looks like that 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 kind of got there, right? Because I think he, you know, if you look at what he originally wanted to do in this in this West Ham game, right? He had Donny Van Der Beek in the starting lineup, and you know Nathan Patterson was was scheduled to play too, right? And um, even with the changes, right? Van Der Beek went out, Mason Holgate came in. Uh, again, not the most natural defensive midfielder, but. Uh, I, I think we could see the changes. I, I don't think we looked bad at all. I, I think for the first twenty, thirty minutes we looked at like a competent football side. And so I, I think for me that's that that that, that it was a positive. I, I, I thought we we looked like a good side. Um I think we discovered later that Seamus Coleman was ill. Um ill nowadays yeah. meaning COVID usually. Um yeah. so uh looked like he missed that game. Um so again with Coleman out, with Patterson out, right? It would have to be John Joe Kenny. And, uh, again, well, we, we know Kenny's limitations, right? So I think under the circumstances, I thought that was the right lineup and the right sort of formation to go into, uh, a, a game against West Ham with. And again, we looked confident. The concern with this team has, has always been, especially defensively, right? I, I don't think the lineup makes that much of a difference. It's the mentality, right? It's, it's, it's like we always look like we're just waiting to make that next mistake. And as soon as we make it, we don't bounce back that well, right? We, we make a mistake and somehow we get punished. I, I don't understand how, how unfortunate this gets. And uh, Gina, I'm going to quote you on something you said in Slack, right? Everything bad that can happen to Everton, has happened this season every damn time. We lose the ball and it's in the back of the net. Other teams lose the ball and somehow, you know, they can recover. Some fortune happens. I don't know, VAR helps out. But for us, this season, no, no, we make one mistake or two mistakes in a game, both times, ball in the back of the net. It's just, it's very frustrating. But anyway, to go back to the point of the lineup, I thought Lampard set set the right lineup for this game, man.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Again, there's not really many things you can do with the injuries that we have. Mina out, uh, Delph out, um, yep. you know, Patterson and Coleman going out, Van Der Beek going out. You know, really the only right. player that I think you could argue maybe deserved a chance, or maybe some things that you know, obviously Gordon sitting on the bench instead of instead of um, you know being out there instead of Gray. I know we talked a lot about that last week and about how Gray fits into the lineup. Um, and how he may not be as you know productive in that sense but um he does start yeah. this match um or at least under Lampard may not may not be as productive as he has been um and then you know obviously Deli not getting a um a go but again it's you know I think the lineup that he trotted out there was a good was a good lineup and I think they showed that they were like you said a competent lineup and um it just seems that everything that could possibly go wrong is going wrong like you said Calvin it's it's you know, it, it's almost like, you know, you're just waiting for things to just turn in our direction. Because really, a lot – I mean, <laughs> if you just look back at, at just the games under Lampard, you know, you've got the Southampton missed handball that could have changed the game. You have the Man City missed handball that or well, just not called handball, was a handball. Not, not really called. Sure. Right. Um, that could cost us a point. You have the Allen red card, which, I mean, we've seen – a McTominay challenge this weekend that could have easily been worse and only right, got a yellow. Worse. Um, yep. You know, we've had other red cards. We've had, you know, now Michael Keane getting a red card. Everything that could possibly go wrong has realistically <laughs> gone wrong for Everton. I mean, if you look at the stats, we had 13 shots, two on target. They had 11 shots, five on target. Uh, they had 56% of possession compared to our 44% possession. We passed the ball at an 82% accuracy. Um, you know, really, we had four corners compared to their two. It really wasn't that different of a game. And it's just, like you said, they no, compromised it yeah. on the few chances. You know, rebounds going in the direction of players. And, you know, again, red cards right. and, you know, counterattacks and all that. And it's just, at some point, it's got to feel like it's going to turn. But at right now, it just it seems like everything is going about as, as badly as it can go for Everton, no matter how well they play, yeah. uh, especially on the road. So, um, you know, uh, let's talk about a few, you know, let's talk about Holgate at first. I mean, we've talked about him a little bit. He, he starts in that defensive midfield role, which I think we've, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times in the podcast last year, possibly yeah. getting there. What were your thoughts on his performance uh, in this one?
1: So overall, right, players like Holgate and Keane, right, players who are, you know, prone to making errors, my personal feeling is I want to see them as far away from the Everton goal as possible, <laughs> because the closer to goal they are and make a mistake, the more trouble we get in, right? So um, Holgate, the further away is in, in midfield, I, I think the, the better, right? But he's also capable of making very rash challenges. We know this about him. You know, he, he's a headstrong footballer who kind of gets in the moment and then goes sliding in or diving in, whatever you want to call it. Um, earlier this season, when he was in that midfield role, right, there was that whole red card fiasco where he went in with a raised foot, VAR intervened, he got sent off. So he's always capable of doing that. But I thought he was actually quite competent until that that until the you know the free kick he gave away, which landed ended up in the back of uh, the Everton net. Right? I thought he looked competent. I thought he was actually trying to drive play forward, which was good. Um, it's it just again, it's it just the one mistake he makes. Right? He makes the one mistake there. Uh, he goes in rashly and, and you know con, con gives up a foul on the edge of the box. And I, this is this is the entire irony of it is that. Um, I think David Moyes and I think Jared Bowen said later, right. That Aaron Cresswell, you know, takes free kicks in training all the time and they rarely go in. Right. But you come into a match situation and we have our tallest player on the field, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Richarlison right next to him. And the ball goes right over the top of both of them and into the goal. And it's like, I mean, the XG on that shot, what is that? Like 0.05 or something like that. Yeah. Again, it's, what? There, was a, there was a horrible stat somewhere there that Everton's last goal from a free kick direct was maybe Dini in like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, yeah, I so think yeah, Clearly, we're, we're missing something there, right? So, and it's just unfortunate that just anything that can go wrong for Everton right now is, and it's it, it's easy to sit here and say, "Woe is me," but I also think bad teams do things like this to themselves, right? Bad things make. Bad teams make bad mistakes and bad mistakes have this horrible habit of escalating and just, you know, biting you in the behind. And that's what's happening.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, it's just like, you know, it, it just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't seem to get better. It it keeps, you know, it's just, it's, it's so frustrating because you just, you watch it and there's moments where it's like, you know, shots that miss by inches are like teams make those shots or good teams are putting that in the back yeah. of the net or, um, you know, right. certain chances, you know, they, 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 they let go. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And, and, you know, again, you say with the Aaron Cresswell free kick, free kick, like, you know, we don't have a real free kick taker, anybody that could put a real good no. ball in the box at this moment. And that's another big issue because yeah. when we do get those opportunities, a lot of teams that are around us in the table, those are the chances that you have to take you know they take advantage of and you have to take advantage of and especially with a guy yeah. like Calvert Lewin in the box and you know Michael Keem in the box Absolutely. who can get up and, and get you know put the ball in the you know in the back of the net you know off a free kick and, and get their head on a ball you know you need somebody who can do that, and you know after letting Dean go there's not really much there you know we've tried different people at those positions there's been a couple good balls in there that have you know ended up in the back of the net but for the most part it's been lackluster and and poor so you know hoping you know you know you're not scoring from open play you're not scoring from free k it's kind of hard to score
1: goals (laughs) where are they gonna Uh, come from right
0: so um (laughs) you know it's been difficult for Everton. But, again, they did show resilience in this game. Holgate, we have to tell you, know, he does get the goal. Um, and, yeah, and they do tie yeah. things up. But then Michael Keane gets a second yellow, which ends in a red card. Your thoughts, I know Lampard had said some stuff today about, you know, can't be making that challenge. Your thoughts on Keane in that situation, whether it warranted a yellow and kind of, you know, obviously it's it's 2-1 at that point. We need a goal. Um, especially after we you know, you get a goal and then you give one right back. Um, you're just, your yeah. thoughts on Keen in that situation.
1: The, I, Keen, Keen, I, I, I just, I've got no words for him. You would expect better for a player his age and his experience. And, you know, just, the, I, I think the M- 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 Mikael Antonio had the beating of him all day long, right? Both fouls that he got yellows for Warren Antonio. Antonio is obviously the more powerful and the faster player. And, and, and you know, it, it it just bemuses me to watch defenders who are like 35, 36 years old, like, you know, I'm thinking of, uh, why am I blanking? The, the Chelsea, Thiago, right? Tiago oh, yeah. Silva, right? Thiago Silva, right? Again, experience, right? Such an experienced player, right? He knows he doesn't have the pace anymore. Does Thiago Silva ever get beaten for pace? Rarely ever because he uses his smarts, right? He, his body positions better. He's intelligent about how he plays the ball. He doesn't go rashly sliding into challenges. And it's not like he doesn't go forward with the ball. He actually does. But again, he doesn't put himself in positions where he's going to struggle, And Michael Keane just like does not show that comprehension of the game. Uh, You know, I'm gonna take him to task on the goal, right? The goal West Ham scored, the winner. Michael Keane goes charging forward with the ball, right? Again, honorable goal, right? What he's trying to do, right? He's trying to drive the team forward. We are a goal, we are tied at the the point. We were actually in the ascendancy at that point. I thought we were playing quite well. You know, we had just equalized. There was a bit of like sort of a, a morale boost going on there he comes up to the center circle with the ball. Now he's got to remember him and Godfrey. They're not playing a three man defense anymore. It's two men in the back, right? So the next pass he plays has got to be a smart one, right? The smart play would be, even if we lose the ball, he has time to recover, especially since we know Keane has like a horrible recovery time. He takes too long to turn and then he doesn't have the pace. So, So, you know, he's got two, he's got two very clear options if you look back at that goal, right? He's got Richarlison streaking down the left, right? It's a trickier pass because you've got to dink it over the backline for him to run into, which Keane is capable of. We've seen him do that pass. Or you've got the pass to Iwobi in the midfield with three players in his vicinity. So, not quite a hospital pass to Iwobi, right? Because it doesn't really put him in any danger. Yeah. But it does put Iwobi in a situation where he, can, he, can, he, can, he can't turn. Because Iwobi has his back to the west-hand goal. As soon as he receives the ball, all three players converge on him. He's got nowhere to go. Yeah. So, it just just the wrong pass. If all Keane did there was even clear the ball out you know, out the touchline or even pass it all the way back to Pickford, we don't see the situation. So, just horrible, horrible decision-making. Um, the, uh, the the second yellow card, right? The, the the foul that led to that, same thing, Antonio Nipson ahead of him, but Antonio is not heading towards goal. He's heading to the sideline with the ball. Yeah. Let him go, he's running into trouble because Mikolenko's already there. So again, what is Keane thinking? It's just, yeah. it's so immature.
0: Yeah, it's just, and that's just kind of been his thing since he's gotten to Everton. You know, yeah. he, and, and he does like to carry the ball into that advanced area a lot. He, he likes to get forward a lot and get into that advanced area, um, which, yeah. again, for someone of his lack of pace, I guess you could say, um, is probably not the best idea. Um, just to get forward no. like that, you know, if, if you see a space and you see an easy pass, maybe get in there. But for the most part, I mean, especially in a two-man back line, you can't be, you can't be making those decisions. So, I mean, that, you know, it, it's, just, it's been his whole career, really, where it's just been you know, one stupid mistake. For the most part, I, I, I bet you if you take those stupid those ones, he probably has won a game. And if you take those out, it's probably a pretty solid 89 minutes after that. It's just there's just yep. like his brain shuts off. For Always like one nothing, minute a game. I mean,
1: right, exactly. You know,
0: and and it ends up costing Everton. It's happened multiple times at this point. So it's um, yep. you know, it's 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 just it's you know you want to you you want him to do well, but at this point it's gotten to the point where. You know it's just there i don't know if there's there's any more room for him to make- mis- they're, they're, at this point especially with where we are on the table there's no room for him to make mistakes it's just unfortunately no, we no. haven't we don't have the options to sit him on the bench with you know Mina out and you know his Branthwa right. not being not being the guy there so um you know it's difficult to watch, but we'll we'll see how you know the team progresses now without him we'll be without him for one game, right? Um, we'll be without him for Burnley. Yeah, not which, just the one game, yeah. Which of course would be the game that you would hope he would actually be there for because they have some pretty big guys to handle in the air and it's not like they're very Absolutely. you know, technically or, you know, technically sound. They're not, you know, you know, beating you on pace or anything like that. It's really gonna be exactly. through the air. So you know, that's that that, that is
1: the game. If there was just two games this entire season we needed Keen and defense for, it would be those two games against Burnley because aside from the fact that he's a former Burnley player, he yeah. is, he's built to deal with that kind of aerial threat because they've yeah. got you know the new striker, Weghorst. What is he, like seven feet tall yeah, or yeah. something like that, right? So we already know Burnley's game plan. They're going to pump 40 crosses into the box that game. And we know Holgate's not good in the air. Godfrey is not great in the air. Godfrey's been beaten at least four or five times to corners this season that have all ended up as goals. So it's we're in a whole world of trouble. I think Brantway's a little decent in the air too. Again, I don't know if he's got the smarts to play in this game. uh, But... I, if I'm Lampard, when we can talk about this when we go into the Burnley yeah. preview, I'm going to throw all three centre backs in the back there and just just try and clear out any aerial ball. It, it's going to yeah. be the ugliest game in the history of the Premier League on Wednesday. But, but let's go to that later.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to be a... Uh, it's not going to be pretty by any means. Uh, but um, no. anything else you really want to touch on on this? I don't know if we really... There's really much else that really stood out that was necessary to get into, but um, anything else you want to, you want to.
1: Uh, yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit about the, our continued struggles in, in in the attack. Right. I, I just, uh, again, we are just not creating enough chances, right. Even with that four, three, three setup, you know, we had talked about how do we get both Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin on the pitch at the same time. Um, you know, Lampard tried to go with the four-three-three instead of the four-four-two. Um, 4 Again, right idea, right? Richarlison is usually better when he's playing out wide. Um, there can be an argument whether Gray was the better choice over Gordon. Gordon's been playing, I think, really well. Um, I, I do wonder if, uh, you know, Lampard at some level is also thinking about game management. We've got a bunch of games right we've got now three Mm -hmm. games in in six days seven days that we're actually six days right sunday through saturday right so yeah so i I do wonder how much of that was game management and trying to keep some players fresh um you know in the end of the day right a a point at west ham would have been fine right a win obviously even better but that's not the critical game this week the critical game is tomorrow right we're recording here on tuesday but tomorrow on Wednesday against Burnley, a team that's directly below us, that's a six-pointer right there, right? Mm-hmm. We beat Burnley and a lot of our concerns go away, right? Obviously, there's still a lot of football to be played. So yeah. it's, it's not that easy, but it does relieve a lot of that pressure. So um, if, if that's what Lampard was thinking, then I'm okay with that, with that decision. But right now, we're still not creating anywhere nearly enough uh, chances, uh, to score goals, right? Uh, yeah. uh, had we actually scored a second goal in this game, I would have called it a, a gross miscarriage of justice because, mm-hmm. for once again, I think now six or seven straight games or expected goals has not gone over 0.8 or 0.9. I think it was like about 0.8 or something for this game, and it's, it, we're just not creating enough. And, and, and again, what have we learned from watching the likes of City and Liverpool? You create enough chances, the goals will come. So for us to sit here and say, oh, man, we're not scoring enough? Well, guess what? We're not creating enough chances, right? And as Burnley yeah. have proved over the years, right, it doesn't matter how you create the chances, right? If you can generate 20, 30 crosses a game, and that's your primary and sole method of getting goals the goals will come so right now we're not doing enough of anything we're not generating crosses we're not getting the ball you know to our best players in positions where they can make a difference and 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 we're paying for this so i again i, I don't know what lampard's plan is on, on how to improve the the attacking side of the game um, I don't know at this point why we even bothered signing Delhi Ali, right? Uh, I, I thought it was for to generate some some offense there. That's not happening. So, yeah. uh, just it, it's more a mystery to me on, on how on, on how Lampard is actually seeing this week specifically this week go because the West Ham game plan seemed a little confusing there.
0: Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, just looking at the standings now and you know we'll get into this again after the break but you know four points above burnley right now so, yeah, and we're on the same amount of games they have the same they played the same amount of games as we have so um you know that's that's a big one right there you know obviously we're three points up on watford but we've played two more games than them and seven points up on norwich but we played two more games than them as well um you know so it's that's that's the big one the big one is is against burnley and Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and talk about it some more uh, after that. All right, we're back and we're talking about Everton's um, match against Burnley, which will take place tomorrow. Again, as Calvin said, we're, we're recording here on Tuesday. So that'll take place tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, the uh, 6th, uh, 2 30 PM over here. I believe it's 7 30 PM over there in England. Uh, The game is going to be at Turf Moor, so another road game for Everton. Um, As we mentioned before, Everton currently four points up on Burnley, um, three points out of the relegation zone above Watford. Um, They currently have two games in hand on Watford and Norwich, but uh, again, equal on games with Burnley. So this is a huge game. Uh, Just some quick things about the game. Burnley have won more uh, Premier League game, home games against Everton than they have versus any other side in the competition, so that's always good. Um, Everton won the reverse fixture against Burnley 3-1 earlier in the season, uh, and um, the last time they completed the Premier League double over the Clarets was in 2018-2019. They also did it in 2014-2015. Um, Everton have lost their last two Premier League games against sides in the relegation zone both this season against Norwich and Newcastle United. They've not lost more consecutive such games since a run of three between May and November of 1997. Um, Burnley have won just one of their last nine midweek games, Um, Premier League games, um, or midweek Premier League games, excuse me. Uh, They beat Spurs 1-0 in February. Other than that, they have drawn four and lost four. but. Before that, they had won uh, six of their previous nine such games um, before this run. And Everton have received a red card in each of their last three Premier League matches John Joe Kenny versus Wolves, (laughs) Allen versus Newcastle, and Michael Keane versus West Ham. No side has ever seen a player sent off in four consecutive Premier League games. So that's the breakdown. (laughs) Um, Obviously, we've mentioned a couple things uh, in terms of lineups. Um, The big news today Patterson. Probably, um, likely will miss the rest of the season with the ankle injuries getting uh, it operated on, I believe, this week. Um, Allen, I believe, is still out, right, with the red card?
1: Um, uh, yes, this, this should be his last game, yeah.
0: This will be the last game, so we're still without Allen. Mina's still a couple games away. We do get Fabian Delf back, um, but again, without Michael yeah. Keane as well. So, <clears throat> With that, Calvin, your expectations for uh, the lineup tomorrow afternoon.
1: Yeah. So, so I I guess this one's an interesting game, right? So, considering we have played the same number of games as Burnley and are four points ahead of them, you know, Lampard's got to have sort of two thoughts here, right? Um, a, A loss would be just the absolute worst case scenario, right? We cannot lose this game, right? Um, Is the season over? Are we getting relegated if we lose? No, but damn, I was just, just no more room under that collar. You know what I mean? So it's, this is going to get that tight. So I do wonder if Lampard's approach in this one is going to be, let's try to not lose. Okay. Uh, Because a draw doesn't end the season for us. You know, it doesn't make things terrible. Um, A, a, a draw away, considering how awful we have or are on the road, is not the worst result. Um, But, you know, I think as we've already seen, Lampard doesn't necessarily show that much interest in trying to play a very conservative game plan either. So I do wonder if, if we're going to try to win this game. I, I just... I, I, I'd love to be a you know a sort of a, a fly floating about at Finch Farm right now because I I don't know what the team's mindset is. You know Lampard continues to paint this picture of um, optimism and that the team is is confident, they're feeling good, but their play doesn't show it, right? And I and I think it's going to be a very odd game because when you watch Burnley play, right, they play in a very regimented four four two. Um, they show no interest whatsoever in possessing the ball, right? Uh, they, their entire game plan is counter-attacking and set pieces, right? So everything clearly, whenever we have the ball, are awful, right? I think we look our best when we are counter-attacking too. So what's going to happen in this game? Is it just head tennis in the middle, and everyone's going to try to get rid of the ball as soon as they can? Because my fear is if we do try to play an expansive. Controlling game like we did say against Leeds is that we set ourselves up for failure in the back because I, I think Burnley are a decent enough side on the counter attack. So you know it's it's going to be a very interesting one as far as lineup right. So again, Burnley are going to play four four two right. They're going to put their biggest men on the pitch up front and they're going to get their best crosses off the ball out of, out wide, and that's what we're going to see all game long is just crosses getting plonked into the area. Um, uh, I hope Jordan Pickford comes ready to play because if he continues to sit back on the line like he often does, then this is going to end really badly for us. Without Keane, I think we're going to struggle again with that back line. Uh, I, I don't know if Brantwaite gets a look in here. Um, I, I would I would try to keep that 4-3-3 set up. Um, I think having Delph back is going to be good. Um, hopefully Delph is fit. If we have good Delph back, um, a 4-3-3 would actually make sense um, because he can actually help protect sort of marshal that defense and and, and help. Um, but I wouldn't also be surprised to see a 4-4-2 just to match Burnley and man-mark every one of their players. I would absolutely put Gordon out wide as a wide midfielder. And, you know, try and pin back the the Burnley fullbacks, right? Because they are going across the ball. Um, We are horrible at blocking crosses and even worse at winning balls in the air. Um, And then I think just the one other thing Lampard really needs to drill into his players this week is do not give up corners, do not give up free kicks from stupid areas. Because every time Burnley have a free kick anywhere near even the middle third, everyone's going to go up and their goalie is probably going to try to drop the ball into the box. That, that, that's really going to be the game plan. And like I said, it's going to be the ugliest game in, in, of the season. I don't even want to watch the game because it's just apart from the fact that every time Everton are playing, it's just like white knuckle teeth clenched, just hope. But it could be interesting. I think an early goal in this game for either team really changes how things go. An early goal for Everton could be very interesting because then, then, then we'd sit back and try and bite them on the counter. I think we are a better counter-attacking team than them. So, you know, getting an early goal would definitely benefit us. Yeah. Um, if they score first, that, that could get ugly for us. I, I don't necessarily mean that it, it becomes like a palace four nail kind of thing because I, I don't know if Burnley have the chops for that. But it's just it just increases that pressure. Cause I will say I was encouraged. I don't think we crumbled against West Ham, which was good, right? I I think even though we went down one nil and then two one, I, I don't think we crumbled. We didn't just completely fall apart. But I think as a number of like TV pundits and all have noticed, right, we didn't necessarily show a sense of urgency either. Um that 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 is disturbing. I, I just yeah. I, I don't know why why players are not feeling like there's a fire lit under their behinds because as fans we're feeling it how are the players not feeling it
0: yeah it's um it'll be an interesting game for sure um you know again (laughs) the urgency thing again there's not not much creativity in the team so you know with that especially without donny van de beek you're not going to play deli ali there isn't much creativity right. in the team to um, you know, create chances. So that's another big issue. So um, yeah, it it's it's you know, it's gonna be a difficult match. Um you would expect I mean I wouldn't be surprised if Branthwaite plays in the center back, uh just to give us some hype back there. Um otherwise yeah. the back four will probably remain the same. Um, maybe Holgate for Godfrey. Um but
1: I think Coleman comes back for this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, again, I don't know. I guess they they didn't mention anything. Or Lampard didn't mention anything today, though. So I'm assuming he's still. He did.
1: Um, he did. He, I think he said Coleman's fit again.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't see anything saying he was out. So that's why I figured he was. Um. I guess. Oh no! Sense. Sorry, you're right. Uh.
1: Yeah. Lampard said a decision over Coleman's ability to start the match has yet to be made. So, okay. So okay. yeah, we, we, it may be possible recovered. that we
0: see him if he is um if he is healthy then i'm i'm sure we'll see him just to give uh, kenny a break there i guess too you know again like you said we
1: play a game yep. on
0: tomorrow at 2:30 and then we play again at 7:30 um well again this is easter saturday yeah
1: we have today. the early game on saturday yeah
0: um so we have the early game on saturday so um you know it's 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 a quick turnaround and and you just look at the schedule and it's it's difficult and we'll talk about the man united game today as well in a little bit but it's going to be difficult to um, you know, muster up points because after Burnley, it's Man United on Saturday. Then um, we get 11 days off before we face Leicester. Um, then Liverpool on the 24th. And then May is packed. Yeah. May 1st is Chelsea. May 7th is uh, Leicester. May 11th is Watford. May 15th is Brentford. May 19th is Crystal Palace. And then May 22nd is Arsenal. So... Those are the last yeah. 10 games that Everton have to play. Um, obviously, that Watford-Brentford-Crystal Palace stretch there probably will be, and maybe even include Leicester in that, that will be the determining factor, I think, in whether or not we, yeah. are, uh, in the, we are getting relegated or not. Uh, I think those, will, those four exactly. games will probably be the determining factor. But this is an important game. Um, we talked a little bit already about what problems – you know, Burnley pose, obviously it's going to be through the air. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect him to score really any other way. Um, you know, so no, that's probably no, the most not really. Thing. Um, do we see Deli Ali at all in this match? I mean, if we go with the 4-4-2, I'd say definitely not. Um, no. Then, you know, other than that, I, I don't know. Do we see Deli Ali at all?
1: I think the only setup we would see a Dele Alley in is if we go with the four-two-three-one, 3 one right? So, and again, it's not impossible, right? Especially with Delph back, I do feel a lot more secure. So, uh, a midfield two of Dockere and Delph, right? Dele Ali in front of him, Richarlison on the left, I would say uh, Gordon this time on the right, and Dominic Calder-Lewin up top, I, I, I feel good on an attacking front about that. And you know, if it's simply not working, if we're not, if we're getting overrun, if Dele Ali is not doing anything in the midfield, then yeah, yank him. Go back to a straight up four-four-two and let Richarlison go up top, and 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 let's bring on another midfielder and and sort of solidify the two banks of four. Um, and especially if we score early, I, I want to see that. I, I I am a little puzzled by Lampard's you know use of substitutions. I just, I don't think he's doing a good enough job with that. Against West Ham, Gordon didn't come on until there was like 12 or 15 minutes left in the game. Uh, again, puzzling, right? Gray stopped being a factor pretty much in the second half. So I think it was very disappointing to see, to see Gordon only come on as late as he did. So again, Lampard doesn't have too many options on the bench, but the ones he does, he seems very reluctant to change. And I mean, at this point, God, you've you got to try everything you've got.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, again, I've beaten this drum multiple times already um, with the Deli Ali situation. <laughs> I think he should be at least playing, especially when you don't have Donny Van de Beek. you got to have somebody with some creative spark in there, especially to break down a side like Burnley who's going to give you the ball back, basically. They're only going to score probably, you know, the most yeah. of their chances are going to come on free kicks and corner kicks and all that. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. balls through the air so you know you'd hope to see Deli Ali at some point just to create bring in some creativity but you know I don't I don't know I, he hasn't played it all up into this point so I, I can't you know no. I can't ex- say I expect to see him in this one either um and just you know before we go to predictions just a quick look at Burnley's schedule as well because they'll probably be uh, the major person we will be fighting with uh, would be my guess um I guess you know once things I'd say help, that's fair, yeah. I think Watford and Norwich will be will be below um Burnley and Burnley will be right there in the edge of the relegation zone with us um along with of course Leeds and um you know uh, above the above us um you know if you know again if we get two wins we could jump above Leeds and you know create a little cushion there yeah. but um Burnley's schedule the rest of the day after us is Norwich, West Ham, Southampton, Wolves, Watford, Aston Villa, Tottenham, Aston Villa, Newcastle. So significantly better, considering the fact that they don't have, they only have to face really one of the top six, one of the big six, yeah. um, compared to us who have to face Chelsea, Arsenal, and Tottenham. excuse me, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Liverpool. Right. Um, so Liverpool, yeah, that is um, that is obviously a big worry. But again, a, Three points here could go a long way. Calvin, what are you seeing? What do you think for this one?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing a kg game where no one, both teams are afraid to make that crucial mistake. Um, I, I, I'm seeing a 1-1 draw on this one. It's hard to see more goals than that from either side. Just, no one's creating any chances. I, I, I think Everton don't play badly. I, again, they don't do enough to win the game. Um, so I think they do do enough just to continue to keep us on the edge of our seats like they have been for the last know, six months at this point. So, yeah, I, I think one one. I, I think we score first. I, I, I think Burnley uh, do enough, throw enough bodies in the air. And like I said, I think both goals are going to be just ugly, scrappy kind of goals where the balls pinging yeah. around in the box and. Someone gets a foot or a head to it. And mm-hmm. and you know what? At this point, I am not going to be surprised if somehow VAR contrives to find us another red card. I'm just going to say that out there right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> something what- doesn't go our way. <laughs>
1: Right, right. So, yeah, again, I I, I, I just, I, I, I want to know what the odds are on just VAR decision going against Everton, whatever it yeah. is. Whether it's a goal, disallowed, goal allowed, a red card, something. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm ready to put money down right now. So, let's go.
0: Yeah, I, again, I would not be surprised either <laughs> if something does not go our way. I'll say 1-1 as well because I agree. I'm not sure both sides, either side can get two two goals um even though burnley yeah. has looked good at times recently so um you know um you know i'll go with 1-1 one, one. i think you're right i think it's going to be a cagey affair where both sides don't want to give up the major mistake and you know i think i think we each get a goal and it's 1-1 one, one and you know, hey, one point is better than zero points and three points the other side. So, um, Well,
1: especially three points the other way, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's the one we got to avoid. So, yeah,
0: Exactly. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, that'll be it for Burnley. We'll take a quick break, and we'll just quickly break down uh, Manchester United after that. All right, we're back, and we're talking about Manchester United. Uh, that match will take place at Goodison on Saturday, April 9th. Um, it's going to take place 7.30 a.m. over here on the East Coast, 12.30 p.m. over in England. Uh, Man United have... Um, they've... Oh, over their last few matches, they've beaten Tottenham. They lost to Atletico uh, in the Champions League, won nothing, and then tied Leicester City on Saturday. Um you know, other, you know, other than that, they lost 4 1 to Man City. Um, you know, tied Watford 0 um, 0. It's, it's and beat Leeds 4 2. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a mixture of things for Manchester United. It's kind of been <laughs> an up and down season for them. Um, but they don't have a midweek game, and we do. So that obviously is a big factor in this one. Um, and it's an yeah. early and we have the early game so um again we'll get it's possible well actually we won't get Donny van de Beek back because he is on loan um no. so we he is he yep. is locked there um we'll get Allen back we'll get Michael Keane back um i think um mina's still going to be out for this one i think lampard said 10 days yeah. um so yeah, he's still out those. for this one um you know, I'm guessing by the you know, barring any setbacks, he will be back for that Leicester City match on the 20th because that's there's 11 days in between the two matches. Um, but other than that, I think a pretty you know, barring any injuries from here until then, a pretty full squad. Um, you know, based on you know, other than Van de Beek and and um, and Mina. So, your yeah, thoughts yeah. on how we line up? and combat Manchester United on Saturday.
1: So uh, again, an interesting side, right? I I, I think if you look at the two most underwhelming, underwhelming teams in the Premier League this season, you know, Everton's got to be one of them and United's probably the second one of those, right? So uh, uh, just for a team as loaded as they are with stars, they are surprisingly awful at signs. It's just, Ugly, ugly football. It's just, again, I don't know how much of it is just the players have checked out. Yeah. Um, they, they, they don't really seem to be wanting to contend for Europe. And I think if you look at the table right now, um, I, I'd say Arsenal and Spurs and United are, uh, West Ham United are in a much, much better place than, than United are. Um, though, again, it, it seems like hot potato up there. No one really wants to take the you know that fourth Champions League spot. I think everyone seems to be trying their hardest to fall out of position there. So, again, who knows which United show up? I, I think United tend to play reasonably well whenever they play us. Uh, I'll tell you, Bruno Fernandes, for some reason, loves playing against Everton because he'll have yeah. like three or four miserable games and then Everton come on the schedule and suddenly... Like, world beater Bruno shows back up again. So, really hoping that doesn't happen. Um, I'm sick and tired of seeing that guy score against us. But um, it's hard to tell which United shows up, right? But I, I will say one thing, though. I think every time Everton have done something positive or have done well against United, it's when we have played with our backs to the wall and played with that edge, right? Yeah. Um, so playing at home, um, again, if this was a night game on Saturday, I would feel a lot better because I think just, you know, under the lights, the Goodison crowd, like really getting into it, um, you know, obviously having tailgated all morning <laughs> before the game yeah. makes a big difference. Right. So I, I don't know. I'd feel better about it, but God, if we can actually get a positive result against West Ham tomorrow, I, I, I see the crowd surging, right. I see the players feeling pretty good. And just get into United, like right from the first minute. Again, I don't want to encourage violence because somehow we still pick up red cards every game for doing things everyone else does. But God, we got to snap into challenges, you know, from the first minute, right? So, you know, get right into their skill players, right? If Pogba's on the pitch, you know, throw Pogba off his game. Nothing throws Pogba, Fernandez, Ronaldo off their game. Then, you know, just being down, you know, breathing down their necks and just every time they get the ball... Uh, just being there, so I, I feel pretty good with Alan coming back for that one. Um, I would absolutely go with uh, another four-two-three-one against United, but this time, if Delft manages to stay fit after one game, which I don't know, that'd be a first time for us. Um, yeah, put Delft and Alan both as your two number sixes in that one, and then let Deli Ali play in front of him. and you know maybe Dokere can sit for a bit. Dokure hasn't been impressive, right? We were hoping yeah. the international break would kind of snap him out of it. Don't see it yet, um, so give him a break, right? He's gonna play. He's gonna. He's got to play. You know, tomorrow he played last week, so give him the break against United. But yeah, go four two three one, and maybe put Deli Ali in a game where he can actually influence the game against a team like Manchester United, which again they've shown themselves to be shaky when they're going up against a playmaker. Ah, uh, yeah, that's we gotta do everything. and we we gotta go for points, and that's the bad thing about Everton being in the situation where they are is we're not just you know maybe six or seven points clear of the relegation zone where a couple of draws suits us. Right now we need wins. And there's only a handful of those games that are at home, which where we can feel good about going for the game and trying to get the three points. So yeah, yeah, unfortunately we're gonna, we're going to be pushed into a situation where we're going to have to go for the win in this one. And again, it's not an unwinnable game. Uh, I I think any other time of the year when Everton are, you know, their regular sort of confidence levels, I'd feel good about it. Uh, But I think everything lies on, on, on tomorrow, right? We beat, Burnley, I think I said West Ham, but yeah, I think we beat Burnley tomorrow, and I, I think we're in. We're we're going to be confident. Uh, I think if we get three points tomorrow night, I, I think we can beat United, but possibly get a draw. I think we yeah. lose against Burnley, and I think it just continues that avalanche downhill morale effect. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely you know a lot. A lot of it definitely plays on on what happens tomorrow night, but. You know, again, like you kind of said, you know, a few weeks ago, I think I was pretty confident that we could at least get a draw against Manchester United at home. Uh, Now things have continued to spiral a little bit downwards and, uh, you know, a little wary about that now. But, um, you know, I think a 4-2-3-1, like you said, if if Delph can stay healthy, it would be interesting to see Allen and Delph next to each other with uh, Deli Ali in the middle there um, and then Richarlison and Gordon or Gray, whichever one you want to go with, out wide. Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top and then of course the back four of whoever you want to choose back there. Um, but I think that'll be the, uh, you know, I, th- I think that would be a-, a great thing to see again. I think it depends also on tomorrow. Yeah. If, if something works tomorrow, who knows That's probably, you know, whatever we go out in tomorrow, if it works well, then Lampard might just stick with it. So, um, yeah, you know, I think the four, two, three, one would be fun. I think that would be an interesting one to see um, an interesting uh, lineup to put out there. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we ended with a four-three-three or something of the sort, um, something similar. Sure. Um, you know, just based on you know what we've seen from Lampard recently. Um, what are the biggest threats that Manchester United pose, and and how do we have to combat them, and how do we take down this Manchester United team? What's the? I know you mentioned a little bit of getting stuck in there and and kind of snapping into challenges, yeah. but you know maybe. Their threat to us and, and how we can attack them uh, offensively.
1: Yeah, I think the, the the danger with United is it, it comes from out wide, right? Elanga, um, I think is he's playing really well for a youngster. I think they've got Jadon Sancho, right? They're likely yep. going to go with. I mean, United play a four two three one, right? So you're going to have Elanga on the right, Sancho on the left. Um, you know, I think they have the ability to influence the game. Um The worry is, even if with two sixes with alan and Delph, right, if these guys split out wide to help uh you know whether it 's Mikolenko and Coleman or mikolenko and uh Kenny um against Sancho and Ilanga, that gives a lot more room in the middle for the fernandezes the ronaldos the uh, uh, the the Pogba is to influence the game, right? So I, I think that just that wealth of uh, of talent that United have is is going to be a challenge for. Uh, is going to be the biggest challenge for us, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, you know, dealing with especially the late runs from. You know, I feel like in in every game we played against United, Bruno Fernandez making that late run into the box has always seemed to hurt us. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that's something that we're going to have to watch out for. Um, you know, putting pressure on Harry Maguire is the key, I think, for us offensively. I mean, he has not looked good oh, recently dude. at all. So uh just putting pressure on that defense, I feel like that's been the key to beating United every single <laughs> every single year for the past however many years. Every that's single year. Just been putting <laughs> right. pressure on that defense, but that is definitely going to be the um the key, um, you know, offensively and attacking them, you know, getting Harry Maguire into a difficult position. Um, getting their outside backs into a difficult position and, and, you know, kind of forcing them mistakes back there because we know they are prone to them. Um, yeah. Predictions for this one, Calvin.
1: <laughs> so my prediction on this one kind of rides on the prediction for tomorrow. Right. So I call the draw tomorrow. and I'm going to call another draw on Saturday. Right. I, I, I think we do enough to win the to get the draw at Burnley and I think that gives the team enough of a confidence boost to actually, I think, play well against United. Just, you know, my frustration with United is, like I said, no matter how crap they're playing the entire season, somehow they always lift themselves to, you know, to play against Everton. I think they will again, but I, I think I think it will be a good game. I, I'm going with the 1-1 again. Sorry, safe, boring pick on that one, but yeah, I think we're going to get 2-1-1 draws, and, you know, again, we do enough to not get out of trouble... But we also do enough to not you know, fall into trouble, like really dire trouble. So, yeah, 2, two one one draws this week for me.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the draw leading to maybe a lesser performance from Everton. <laughs> Although we are, will be at home. <laughs> we will be at home, so that is a big factor. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: that is a factor.
0: That plays into it a little bit for sure. So, you know what, maybe I'll switch it. Now that I'm thinking about it, we're at home, I'll, you know, I'll match you again with the one-one draw. I was going to go two nothing <laughs> United, but I, you know, maybe it's a one-one draw because we're at home and you know we know the crowd has been so good and we played significantly better at home. So um, we have, we really um, have. Yeah, I'll stick with the one-one draw for that. I think if we were on the road, it'd be a little bit different of a story. But um, yeah, you know, that's what I'll go with. Um, anything else you want to touch on, Calvin? Before we wrap this up.
1: No, right Right now, it's just, you know, it's, it's all on the players, right? I, I think Lampard had said this a few weeks ago, right? But I, I think, the, you know, the players have come in for a lot of criticism from the fans, from the media, and it's on the players to show it on the pitch that they are better than they've looked. And uh, in a lot of cases, they're not better than they've looked. Um, but if they really want to prove that, and, you know, again, any time the players want to start putting in, like, man-of-the-match performances, do right, go right ahead, because it's time. It's time. Yes. I mean, we're gonna need at least three or four of the players putting in like, you know, eight or nine out of ten performances in the next couple of games to get wins in these games. And it, it, it's time, right? So we need Kauzat Lewin at his best. We need Richarlison finally hitting the frame, right? Those 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 yeah. things need to happen. I, it's hard to see where else the goals come from, um, but even on the defense, it just cannot make the stupid mistakes we're making right so we need pickford at his best we need you know Holgate, godfrey whoever is playing at the back just it's just, just guys let's 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 minimize the mistakes so that's that, that's it guys just play mistake free football and you know even just these next two games and we'll be in much better shape
0: yeah yeah let's hope it uh let's hope it all goes well this week for everton let's hope things turn the corner and some things start going our way so uh that's it from us. Uh, Calvin, thank you as always for, uh, for, for joining me. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Gina. Um, and thank you guys out there for listening. We appreciate all the support. And um, I just, you know, please keep subscribing, listening, downloading, whatever you got to do uh, to get these episodes. Make sure you keep doing it. And um, we will talk to you guys next week.